This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Clock Dodgers, listen, it is a beautiful world, a beautiful life. You are awake, you are breathing, you are listening to a Clock Dodgers podcast, and you are flourishing. All you are missing right now is the No Halftime app on your phone, on your iPhone, on your Samsung, on your Android, it doesn't matter. Go to your app store right now, download the Daily Fantasy Sports app, No Halftime. It's player versus player challenges. If you're not doing it now, you're crazy. Right now, you're probably you know drafting team versus team and all this kind of Kind of stuff and relying on a lot of luck but i'm talking player versus player this is this is where you reign supreme if you really are the best at this this is where you can really show that this is where you can win money this is where you can win bragging rights against your friends your family not only that i'm going to give you ten dollars to start go now type in c-l-o-c-k at login when you're registering and i'll get you ten dollars on your account instantly also, not enough people are taking advantage of the shirts. Email them after you leave a review on the App Store. Tell them Clock Dodger sent you, and they'll send you a no halftime shirt. It's looking pretty spiffy, if I say so myself. Guys, I have a great guest for you, episode number 34. Let's get into it now. Marcus Grant. Can I play with him? Can I win with him? Can I go with him? Can do it? So we are a week and one day away from the NFL preseason football actually starting, and honestly, it seems even too far away still at this point, but we can't sit here and count the seconds and the minutes leading up because we all know that's going to make it feel even longer. Um, So I did ask a familiar face from NFL Network and NFL.com to join me today on the show. I'm happy to welcome Marcus Grant to the Clock Dodgers podcast. How is life treating you today, man? I, I, I've got no complaints. Uh, I live in Los Angeles. The sun is out. It's summer, you know, pretty much all year round out here. So I'm, I'm not upset. Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I've heard that's how California is. You know, every, every day is a good day for the most part. Um, in Florida, that's not so much the case. Everyone thinks, you know, the sunshine state, but it's not always sunny and, you know, it could be unpredictable. So I'm a little jealous. Um, however, um, you know, like, like I said, the NFL season is starting, so it's good for all of us. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's so close. We've had a bunch of news recently as far as, you know, guys possibly, possibly being suspended, guys being reinstated, um, you know, guys returning from injury. There's so much going on um, leading up to, you know, the season starting here. Um, I did read your fantasy stock watch article. Uh, which I recommend everyone who hasn't read it yet to go to go check it out. But um, I did see, of course, you had like um, the Jets, you know, the wide receivers and stuff stock going up because Fitz, you know, Fitzgerald signed back there. Um, the, the one guy that I was really happy to see going up for you, though, was Kelvin Benjamin. 
um, you know, here's a guy for me that I, I've been kind of touting all offseason that I, I feel really good about him. Um, but I keep getting battled by guys um, who, who, you know, really rely heavily on stats and numbers and they just don't believe in him like I do. Um, since, since you have his stock going up, you obviously I'm not the only crazy person here. What, what, what do you say to the guys who when you feel when you say you feel good about Benjamin this year, um, they throw, you know, they, they throw all this doubt at you because of numbers and things like that. How, how do you respond to those guys? Um, I mean, I, I, I'd say that you know, the one season we saw of him was pretty good. I mean, as a rookie wide receiver, he came out and put some, some pretty solid numbers up. So I don't know, you know that that's really a valid argument. And I think, I think the problem is with rookie wideouts now, unfairly, everybody is being judged by the Odell Beckham standard. I mean, what Beckham did in his first year was mind-blowing. And um, to expect that out of rookie wide receivers is is faulty now, and so I think I think what Benjamin did his first year really showed a lot. And you know, unfortunately, we didn't get to see him last year because of the knee injury. But he's back, he's healthy again, and he spent a lot of time working with Cam Newton in the offseason. He's a big body, he's a really talented guy, he's a huge red zone target for when the Panthers get down there inside the ten yard line. So I, I mean, I just I feel like there's nothing but really solid upside with Kelvin Benjamin. And I think anybody who suggests that he can't be productive and can't be successful isn't really paying attention to what you see on the field. I mean, numbers are great. Stats can tell a story, but sometimes it really is about just watching a player and seeing what his ability is. And Kelvin Benjamin has a lot of ability. Exactly. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I have him high, pro- probably higher than most, and maybe, maybe that's the issue. Um, a lot of guys are throwing numbers at me like he didn't get a lot as much you know, volume as some of the top guys did, maybe the top 10 guys or whatever the case is. Um, but I, I just, I guess, I feel like there's sometimes a flaw in the fantasy football system with some people because I feel like sometimes people get too number driven. Um, I feel like guys tend to overanalyze. Maybe it's an off-season thing because we're just so hungry for football. Um, but I just feel like sometimes you got to go with your gut, you know, what your eyes are seeing rather than equations and mathematical theories. I've just never been a guy to do that. And I guess I've always done, you know, fine not doing that. So maybe that's my, maybe it's my fault. <laughs> um, well, I, mean, I don't think it's your fault. I mean, I think, I think, but I do think you're right. I think there is a an over-reliance sometimes on stats and analytics. I mean, now, you know, everybody has their own metric and their own algorithm for trying to figure out this and that. And, and you know, I, I know that we have, you know, amongst our group, as we call it, the fantasy stronghold uh, here at, at the NFL. Uh-huh. We really tried to balance doing that. We're actually just watching guys on tape. We all do a lot of stuff. I mean, obviously, we, we have the luxury of having a lot of resources here. Um, and so we have the ability to sit down and watch film and, and watch what guys did. So, you know, sometimes numbers don't necessarily paint a great picture of everything. I mean, you know, I, I think case in point, uh, you kind of get away from receivers, but Jeremy Hill last year was a guy who statistically, uh, you look at him and, and he was, uh, you know, had some decent numbers, but part of that is that he scored 10 touchdowns. And that wasn't necessarily because he was great. Is because they gave him the ball in situations where he could score touchdowns. But right. outside, uh, in, be- in between the 20s, he wasn't good. But it, it, And you see that when you watch the film. But if you just look strictly at the numbers, Jeremy Hill had a better season than you probably would have thought. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's a perfect point. And, and you guys do do a good job on NFL Network, even on the podcast, you know, of balancing you know, both those angles. Um, you also, and I know you guys talked about it on, on the, on the recent podcast, but you've also made an interesting point about Josh Gordon um, with, you know, he's not going to be active until week five. You know, if, if he keeps it all together until then, but um, you mentioned not drafting him until the double digit rounds. 
Um, what what makes you feel that way? And do you think by the time, you know, maybe people who are drafting late or right before the season starts, do you think maybe you'll go up on that a little bit? Do you think you'll ever, do you think at some point you'll feel comfortable drafting him in the single digits, like maybe like the eighth or ninth round? Or do you just feel like, nah, I'm, he's always going to be a double digit guy, round guy to me at this point? Yeah, I mean, not right now. I, I guess I, I would change my mind. If we see Josh Gordon in the preseason, if he's able to get out on the field during the preseason and he looks like the guy that, you know, was huge a couple of years ago, then maybe I start to change my mind a little bit. But, I mean, look, let's keep in mind, you know, as I mentioned, by the time he gets back on the field, it will have been 22 months, nearly two full calendar years since he last played an NFL game. And, uh, you know, this is a guy who, I mean, look, Playing in the NFL is hard. It is hard for people who have been playing football consistently over a stretch of time. So now we're asking a guy who hasn't played in nearly two full years to just jump back in and try to play at a really high level. It's really hard to do. And, you know, I think James Cope made a point uh, a while back, just kind of privately, that it's almost offensive if you were an NFL player somewhere else to suggest that this guy who's been out of the league for two years can come in and just immediately be a star again. So, I mean, I'm skeptical. And I feel like with Josh Gordon playing at a position that is so deep, I mean, there are so many wide receivers out there that can be productive for your fantasy team. It just feels like an unnecessary risk to spend a single digit round pick on this guy when there are any number of other guys out there who have been playing, who you know what they're going to give you. I I mean, I'm at the point where Josh Gordon to me is a late round flyer, if at all. I'm kind of leaning toward the side of I'll let him be someone else's headache right now. Wow. No, I I, I definitely understand that. You know, I, obviously, I'm not saying that you're not rooting for the guy because of that. But I'm personally, you know, rooting for the guy. I want to see him turn the story around. I'm sure oh, yeah. you do, too. Um, it's just, oh, it's just I mean, you know, like you I said, in fantasy football, it's a risk thing. Right, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, there's certainly a difference between cheering for a guy and wanting him on your fantasy team. I hope, I, I hope all the best for Josh Gordon. I really hope, you know, he gets back there and he's successful. Uh, I'm just not putting him on my fantasy team this year, that's all. <laughs> hey, I'm a sucker for happy endings. You know, maybe I'll uh, draft him and, and hopefully everything ends up well. But like you said, I definitely understand the risk-reward factor, and it has to be considered. But I think, you know, like anything, when, when news like that drops so close to the season, I think, you know, everyone starts to go into this, I don't know, I don't want to say panic, but, you know, they start pushing him up way up there. And so likely, you know, you may not get him because he's going to go earlier than, than you feel like he should be. Um, now, we, me and you both are in the Scott Fishball. You're in the Scott Fishball, right? Yes, I am. Okay, and I and I oh yeah, you, I, and I looked at your roster, and I and I did notice, um, you know, first of all, big shout out to Scott for that because that that league is awesome, and it was no so doubt. fun, <laughs> so fun to be a part of. Uh, I did notice that me and you both have Clive Walford as our tight ends, right? And and in that league, tight ends for those that don't know have an extra you know point bonus for for receptions um, rather than any other position to try to you know make the tight end a little more valuable. Um, you did recently write an article about tight ends and kind of their values and stuff like that, and maybe guys that are overvalued or whatnot. Um, you mentioned Walford briefly at the end. Um, I'm, I'm a Raider fan, so when I talk about Walford, it's I get kind of shot down. You know, I'm a homer, this and that. Um, are, are you personally high on Walford at all, or does it just happen to be that, you know, it's where he falls, it just seems right for you at that moment? I, I mean, I like him as a sleeper tight end this year. I, you know, I, I, I'm not completely sold that he's going to be a top 10 guy, but I think he can certainly be a nice matchup based starter for you. I think he's, he's certainly a, a good option to have maybe in DFS, depending on the matchup or best ball league. But I do think there's something there with him. I think we started to see it in at the end of last year uh, as the Raiders were starting to work him into the offense more. And, and I, I think I'm really excited about the Raiders in general this year. I think Clive Walford is going to start to benefit a little bit from that. Now, admittedly, 
I, I have been burned by Raider tight ends in the past. I mean, it was just a handful. It was a handful of years ago that I was driving the Brandon Myers hype train, oh, and that yeah. didn't quite work out. And then midway through last year, I, I tried to get on board with Michael Rivera, and that didn't quite work out. So, you know, I, I am a little bit uh, a little bit nervous about this Clyde Walford thing, but I'm willing to give it another shot. But I do think he has some sleeper potential this year. Yeah, I mean, the, the Myers and and the Rivera, th- those aren't your fault. I mean, Myers. You know, he, he did have a decent season. Then he went to the Giants, and everyone thought he was going to do great there. And then, uh, you know, Rivera, even still, again, I'm a Raider fan, but I have faith that the guy can at least be, you know, a, a wide receiver that catches the ball and, and does well. But it seems like they've transitioned to Walford, you know, pretty heavily here at this point. Um, and, and for me specifically, because, I, I, like I said, I like Walford. I like him as a guy you can, you know, grab late. Um, not, not a lot of people really seem high on him. Um, I, I personally am in an auction league that I run and, you know, in that league you can spend, you have a $200 budget in the draft and then a hundred dollar waiver budget, but you know, you can carry over, um, the draft budget if you don't spend it all into your waivers. So I'm just kind of curious, like, are, are you the kind of person that would be more inclined to, to spend that full budget on guys, you know, like sleepers and stuff in the draft, or would you rather save some of that and then kind of have that edge in free agency? Yeah, I'd like to hold some of it back just because every single year there's always a guy or two that shows up out of nowhere and blows up and becomes you know, the darling of fantasy football. I mean, I, I think of, you know, uh, Devontae Freeman was kind of one of those guys last year. I mean, in the past, we, we've seen, you know, guys kind of show up out of nowhere and really blow up and become huge. I mean, Doug Baldwin, I think, after the first six or seven weeks, probably ended up on a lot of waiver wires across fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. And then of course we know how he finished the year. So I just feel like there's always going to be those guys every single year. So it's nice to have a little something in your back pocket for when that guy shows up, you can hopefully be at the front of the line to, to pick him up. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely in the, uh, the camp that waiver wires can uh, win you championships just as quick as a draft can, you know? So uh, I definitely am a firm believer in that. Cause it seems like for me, whenever I do win a league or if I finish high or whatever the case may be, I have like two or three guys maybe that I drafted, you know, the rest I've traded for, or I picked up through waivers. I just kind of worked that angle. Um, and, and it just seems like a common theme for me. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I mean, I think, I think, you know, for if you're going to be competitive in your fantasy league, chances are the team you drafted isn't going to look like the team you have at the end of the season, whether it's, you know, guys who are, who are injured or just underperforming that you let go of, if it's trades, whatever. Um, you know, I, Michael Fabiano always likes to say, if you're not trading, you're not trying. And so, I mean, I think, you know, you have to kind of make some moves so that, you know, the waiver wire is a big, big part of being successful. Exactly. I mean, so, so we, we've talked a little bit now. We've kind of scratched the surface on, you know, how you feel about certain guys, your mindset in certain situations drafting. Um, we're going to dig a little deeper now. We're going to have some fun. Um, we're going to play some of the games, you know, that we, that we play here on the Cloud Dodgers podcast that, you know, that spice things up a little bit. So um, there's a game that we started last week week uh fantasy football blackjack uh which is going to be kind of a way of you know gauging yours and my uh player values you can say in trade scenarios um so how, how we go into it basically is i'll be the dealer you know i'll put the my, my card out that i'm showing um which will be the player of course like the higher player in, in this situation and i'll deal you cards uh, which will be players of course um and basically you tell me to hit or if you want to stand when you feel comfortable that this is a fair deal uh, my guy that's okay. showing for your players I've handed you, okay? Okay. All right, and then if at, if at any point, you know, I feel like it's a bust, like I don't want to go that far, I'll stop when you say hit and say, oh, that's a bust for me. So we'll, we'll have some fun <laughs> here. <laughs> All right, so the first player that I'm showing is Le'Veon Bell. All right, so that's the player that's on the table okay. here that I'm showing. I'm going to deal you, the first card I'm dealing you is Thomas Rawls. 
you want me to hit, or are you going to stand with all the recent, you know, stuff, stuff that's going on with Le'Veon? Uh, no, hit me. Okay, the next card you get is Golden Tate. So now you're looking at mm. Thomas Rawls and Golden Tate for Le'Veon Bell. Like I said, with the recent suspension thing looming, you know, is this a fair deal, you think, or are you going to hit again? You know, what worries me is that I don't, we don't really have a timeline on Thomas Rawls. I mean, he's saying he's going to be back early, but, you know, Thomas Rawls isn't a doctor last I checked. So, <laughs> uh, hit, hit me, uh, just, you know, make it, don't hit me too hard. But okay. <laughs> All right. What, what if I throw in a guy that, that you like a lot that, that recently Matt Harmon talked up? I'm going to throw Bruce Ellington into the deal. I'll stand on that. You'll stand on I that? I'll stand on that. All yep. right. All right. Cool. So Le'Veon Bell for Thomas Rawls, Golden Tate, and Bruce Ellington. That's pretty good value, I think, too. Um, you know, it's going to be hard for guys to take, you know, to let go of that big name guy. But I, I like to do this because I like to see, you know, what kind of packages would work in, in, in your opinion. All right. Um, mm -hmm. The next guy, Des Bryant, is the guy that I'm showing on the table. And the first card I deal okay. you is John Brown. Um, oof, that's really close. Uh, I mean, hit me, but it's, oof, this, that's really, really close right okay. now. Hit me. So I'm going to hit you with a guy that is not a, not, a, not a crazy favorite to a lot of people, but he does his job, I think, and maybe... You know, it doesn't get a lot of credit, but I'm going to throw in the next card I deal you is uh, Jonathan Stewart. Um, you know what? I would stand on that. And I, I like Jonathan Stewart. I think he I think he gets slandered a lot, and I don't completely under. I, I guess I do understand. I know he's had some injury issues, and, and I think people are always worried about him near the goal line because the Panthers' goal line back is named Cam Newton. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a concern, but on the whole, like I feel like where where Jonathan Stewart's coming off the board in drafts, I think he is being undervalued a little bit. So if you're giving me, you know, John Brown and and John Stewart for Des Bryant, I will stand on that all day. Okay, and I, I agree with you. If you would have hit again, I would have said bust. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> the next guy I'm going to put first on the table is Lamar Miller. That's the card that I'm showing. Um, the first card I'm dealing with you is C.J. Anderson. Um. Wow. Okay, so I, 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 I like this I one. <laughs> here's, the thing, here's the thing. Like, I mean, I think Lamar Miller is going to be really big this year. I think he's going to be in a good situation. I am of the opinion that C.J. Anderson is really going to rebound this year, and I know that I'm not. I know that I'm in the minority when I say that, but I, I think maybe it's because he and I are from the same hometown. I don't know, but. Um, I, I think that what we saw from at the end of last year was more indicative of who he is. I think he's. I think he was injured for a lot of last year. I think he's a good running back. I think he's going to rebound, especially with the Broncos not trusting whoever their quarterback is going to be. Um, I'll say hit me, but yeah, I, I do like CZ, but, but, but hit me and, and we'll see where we go. Okay. With it. I'm going to hit you with a guy here again. Um, another guy that some people aren't crazy about. Some people are. Um, I'm going to hit you with the next card is Kamar Aiken. Ooh, no, I'll stand on that. Okay. I look like Kamar, Kamar Aiken is a favorite in the fantasy stronghold. Big props yes, to uh, the franchise, <laughs> Matt Franciscovich, who, who, okay, so, so dirty little secret here. I'm kind of airing some, some family business. But Ooh, some clock dodger special here. So last year when we first started talking about Kamar Aiken, it's kind of started as an inside joke uh, where, you know, the franchise was just, trying to find somebody to write about and somehow just picked out Kamar Aiken at a time when the Ravens were looking for help at wide receiver. And, and admittedly, we all sort of laughed. Even the franchise kind of laughed about it. It was a joke. And then a couple weeks into it, he started making plays. <laughs> he started looking around and we're like, 
maybe this isn't a joke. Like, maybe we really need to pay attention to this guy. So because of that, Kamar Aiken has become a stronghold favorite. And so if that's what you're giving me, uh, I will take that and run to the bank all day. Awesome. So you feel like that's a steal. Okay, good. All right. Absolutely. I, I like it. All right. The last one I want to throw at you, it's a guy whose quarterback has changed up this year. The guy on the table is DeAndre Hopkins. All right. And now I'm going to open this up with the guy we spoke about earlier. And my first card I'm drawing for you is Kelvin Benjamin. Ooh. Now we're going to see well, how you really so, feel about him now. I, you know, I, I guess I don't love him the way you do because I still think, I still think Nuke is, I think Nuke is a top 10 receiver. Hands down. Like, I, you know, I, I would even be willing to, to make an argument for him. Maybe it's a top five receiver. Um, I think Kelvin Benjamin is maybe flirting with the top 10, um, maybe just a hair outside of it. I, I like him a lot, but I don't know that I like him quite as much as Nuke. So if you could hit me with something kind of small, I'd, I'd be okay with that. Okay, so what if I throw in a guy, and, and again, I, I try to make it guys that everyone's not so set on yet. Um, a guy that I've been seeing fluctuate in drafts, you know, PPR, he seems to go higher. What if I add Duke Johnson to the deal? Is it, is it, is it a run into the bank kind of situation again? Um, I, I would definitely stand on that. I, you know, I, I've been saying for the last couple of weeks that if I were ever going to switch jobs and needed a letter of recommendation, I would call Hugh Jackson because that dude will hype up anything. And Duke Johnson has been a huge beneficiary of that. Uh, but I like, I like his upside. I like his ability. And I like the fact that in the right circumstances, he could probably catch, you know, 60 to 70 passes this right. year, which is a huge number. Um, and so I would take that. Kelvin Benjamin and Duke Johnson for, for new Hopkins. I would do that all day. I, I would definitely stand on that. All right. I, I'm just curious. If I, I want to see if I switch a player out here on that deal, what you say. Say, say, you're, say you're in need of wide receivers and you have DeAndre Hopkins. I first offer you Kelvin Benjamin and I, and I throw Josh Gordon into the deal. Do you consider it at all? Uh, yeah. I mean, I would consider it. I mean, look, I, I, I believe he's going to play. I believe he's going to get back on the field. And certainly the range of outcomes suggests that he could be productive this year. And, and if I'm trying to stockpile wide receivers, yeah, I mean, why not? I would I would, I would, would consider that deal. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I like that. All right, so that's it for Fantasy Trade Blackjack. Uh, I think you did a good job, man. I don't think you lost too much money here. Nice. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I, I have some quick um, as far as like like guys that are kind of moving around or news that I've been hearing just just recently, I, I'm just curious if I'm, I'm going to throw the the guy's name at you and kind of you know what he's done or what what's been said about him, and then you just tell me due to that news, do you adjust your rankings or is it no impact? Um, okay. Andre Johnson signing with the Titans, uh, and I don't mean yeah, just for Andre Johnson. Thing. I just mean even for the players on the Titans or anything. Does it affect anybody where you adjust anything? Uh, no, but mostly because I just I'm so skeptical of the Titans. And, and their wide receiver core right now. I mean, if there is a pass catcher that I'm really keeping an eye on in Tennessee, it's probably Delaney Walker. Yeah, right. I, think, I think Delaney Walker, uh, Delaney Walker, I think, is being criminally slept on right now. I mean, this is a guy who has been at or near uh, 100 catches each of the last couple of years. I, I, I just I can't buy into Doriel Green Beckham. I can't. I'm, I'm done with Kendall Wright. I can't get on board with really any of these guys. I, I think the Tajay Sharp uh, hype is kind of a smokescreen right now. So, you know, Andre Johnson, uh, aside from the fact that he appears to be on a quest to play for every team in the AFC South, uh, <laughs> that news doesn't really do a whole lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. The Titans are, are, are kind of a mess, right? I mean, there's so many guys that my, my, my worry is, you know, you're going to draft some of these guys or some people may draft them and say, you know, let me let, let, let's see it work itself out. But I'm just like worried. What if it doesn't? What if it's one of these situations where it doesn't work itself out and the whole year, you know, what I mean, you're cycling guys in and out hoping that he's the guy this week. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, look, the, the Titans 
don't have a great track record of developing wide receivers, uh, you know, and, and I know they're trying to do stuff with DGB, but all the reports are about him not being in shape and, and just not really having the mental aspect of the game down. That concerns me a lot. So I, maybe that's what Andre Johnson is there for, is to try to teach him to be a professional. Maybe that works out, but that, yeah, you know, I, I feel like if I draft a Titans wide receiver, I will make the pick and I will immediately regret it <laughs> yep. the moment I put it on the board. <laughs> I hear you. All right. Um, the next thing I, I seen recently that Cutler just said that Kevin White is going to be special. Does this affect your rankings at all, or do you just move it along? Uh, from from Jay Cutler's lips to my dynasty team's ears, man, because I drafted Kevin White <laughs> last year and I've been waiting the whole year for him to get on the field. I look. I mean, I think he has all the physical tools, and what we saw of him in that last year at West Virginia suggests that he really could be that guy. But uh, I, I, I do think that. I, I think I think there's a really good uh, possibility for him. And I guess because I was high on him before, it doesn't necessarily change my rankings. I think he kind of stays where I am. For me, that news is just more reassurance about the way I feel about Kevin White. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a, he's a guy that had a lot of high hopes, so we'll see if he uh, lives up to it this year. Um, the next one, I'm, I'm curious to see how it affects the other running back on the team for you in your mind, if you feel like it, if it affected his rankings or not. Um, Arian Foster signing with the Dolphins. Um, yeah, I mean, it knocks, it knocks Jay Ajayi down a little bit. Uh, it, it looked as though he was going to kind of be the workhorse back there in Miami, and, and maybe he still might be. I mean, I think... Uh, if you look at the deal that the Dolphins signed Arian Foster to, I mean, it is very much a prove-it sort of contract. So he's going to have to earn his touches and earn his snaps. So I don't think that he's going to just suddenly come in and dominate the backfield touches there, but he is going to get on the field. I mean, I think he's a better pass catcher. In fact, I know that he is a better pass catcher than Jay Ajayi yep. is. So he, he very well could be the guy on the field for third downs and for obvious passing situations. So that, that concerns me a little bit. And so, you know, I think, I think Ajayi moves down from maybe being you know, somewhere in the mid-teens to probably, you know, allow the you know, high teens, low 20s, something like that. So it, it, it definitely had an impact on Ajayi for me. Yeah, yeah. It, it really messed with me because I, I, I feel good about Jay Ajayi this year. I, I seem to get him a lot in drafts because it just seems that's the way it falls for me. And then, you know, they signed Arian Foster, and I'm a big Foster fan. I, I love Arian Foster. Even last year I drafted him just kind of you know, rolling the dice again, hoping things didn't go bad. And when he plays, he was so good for me, and then he gets injured. So... You know, it's a it's a it's a it's a hard situation for me because I like both guys and I and I want to see both do great. But I I agree with you. I think it doesn't affect the Jaya as much as people are you know making it out to look like right now. Um, the the last one I want to do is Eddie's Eddie Lacy's weight loss. The fact that he's kept it off. <laughs> um, how has this affected your your rankings with him? Any 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 movement at all or? Um, yeah, I mean, he's moved up. I, I, I kind of wish people would stop posting pictures of him being not fat because it's really kind of wrecking, it's wrecking my chances of like snaking him in like the third round somewhere. Like, you know, like when, when Eddie was still a little bit chunky, like, you know, he was coming off the board in the fourth round and I was loving life because I, I truly believe he's going to bounce back in a big way this year. And so I was really kind of, you know, enjoying being able to get him in like the third or fourth round now with like pictures of him hanging out with the P90X crew <laughs> and looking looking all in shape and cut at Packer practice and now that value has moved up to the second round so um you know I get it I, I understand it I did I moved him up my boards when I started seeing all this stuff and and you know we all get excited whenever we see pictures of skinny Eddie out there but uh, <laughs> you know I, just, I need I need people to calm down with this so that I can still get a good value on him. 
It's all about me. It's all the <laughs> so stop posting pictures, guys. Stop posting pictures yeah. of Skinny Eddie. Give us a break, guys. Give us a chance. All right. <laughs> well, what I'm going to do now is we are. This is a this is a game that we have on every show. It's foul or no foul. Um, and and basically what we do here is I'm going to throw statements out of you. A lot a lot of these statements are sent in by listeners. I just kind of you know tell them to send them in, and they give me a whole bunch of them. Um, some of them are really bold statements. Some are just you know stuff that maybe they feel strongly about or they're just kind of curious about. So I'm going to throw statements at you. If you agree with the statement, it's no foul. Um, if you think the statement is incorrect, it's a foul. You down for okay. that? Yep. All right, good. Let's go. It's that time again. Let's play another round of foul or no foul. All right, so I got a ton of, uh, just to everybody that's listening, I got a ton of submissions for this. I couldn't get them all in, but uh, I'll use them on future episodes, if anything. So the, the first one I have here is, due to the Lumen suspension, Le'Veon Bell is no longer a first-round pick in fantasy drafts. Foul or no foul? Uh, No foul. Uh, I think, I, But I still think he's going off the board probably in the second. Um, like if... if I just can't imagine him getting past the second round simply because when he is available, he is so very good. Um, so, you know, I, I just I can't justify spending a first-round pick on a guy who, between the four-game suspension and the Steelers' bio later in the year, is going to miss close to half of the fantasy regular season. That That's just a little bit too much for me. But, yeah, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't think he gets past the second round at all. I, I agree with you. I dropped him a little bit too. I'm curious. He, he's saying that he's not going to miss any games or, or, or something to that effect, um, which I don't, I don't know if he's going to appeal the situation or what. Um, does that concern you at all, that he's going to try to push his back or anything? Um, no, not really. Uh, you know, it, it makes sense. I mean, that's usually what guys do when the suspension comes, unless they just flat out know they're <laughs> getting caught. Um, so I'm curious to keep an eye on that. And if, and if it turns out that he doesn't miss any games, then he's right back in the first round. Exactly. All right, cool. Um, the next one is sent in by um, at Van Cleve. Um, he's from the Fantasy Life app. His question was, and this is kind of a, a bold one here. It's a wild one. He says his statement is, Garoppolo does to Brady what Brady did to Bledsoe. Foul or no foul? Oh, foul. Foul. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anything... Um, I think Bill Belichick's response uh, at, at training camp on Friday was, uh, you know, was was telling. I mean, you know, I mean, from the beginning, Belichick has said that Brady is going to be the starter once his suspension is over, and he's going to come back. And someone asked him uh, at, at training camp, you know, whether or not Garoppolo could keep the job if he played well. And in true Belichick fashion, he just kind of looked away, and under his breath, he muttered, "Jesus." Christ, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so that says everything you need to know, but I just, I can't imagine with everything Tom Brady has done and the level he's still playing at right now, I just can't see Jimmy Garoppolo snaking that job from him. Absolutely. Okay. All right. The next one was sent in by, um, I might mess this name up here, but it's at Ragnar Shorday, maybe? I, I'm not, I, might, I could be pronouncing that wrong, but again, uh, he's from the Fantasy Life app, and his statement, uh, Kevin White will have more fantasy points and standard scoring than his teammate Alshon Jeffrey. Foul or no foul? Oof. I'm going to go foul on that. Um, just because, I mean, uh, this is, you know, assuming both of these guys stay healthy all year long and everything. Um, the thing that we know about Jay Cutler is that when he has a favorite receiver, he pummels that guy with targets. I mean, it was, it was Brandon Marshall before, uh, it was Alshon Jeffrey, you know, the last couple of years when Jeffrey has been healthy and on the field. And then I'd imagine as long as Alshon Jeffrey is there, he'll continue to be that guy. And again, like we said earlier, like I said earlier, 
I believe in Kevin White. I think he'll be very good. I think he'll be very productive. But as long as both of those guys are on the field together, Alshon Jeffrey is going to hands down be the number one target. He's the guy that Cutler goes to when things go wrong. So uh, I just I don't quite see that happening. This year. Yeah, yeah. Kevin White has all you know all the hype because he didn't get to play last year. Jeffrey, you know, was hurt, didn't get to play a lot. But I, I'm definitely a firm believer if Jeffrey's healthy, he could be you know, no question top 10, even possibly top five. I mean, he's super, super talented. And like you said, Cutler believes in him and he's his guy. Um, but, you know, I, I think the only way this way plays sense, obviously, if, if, if Jeffrey gets hurt. Um, the next one sent in at Michael Clifford, again, Fantasy Life app. His statement is, Eddie Lacy will have more fantasy points than David Johnson this season. Foul or no foul? Oof. Yeah, I'm going to go foul uh, because... I like Eddie Lacy, and let me repeat, stop posting pictures of skinny Eddie Lacy on the internet. <laughs> um, but David Johnson is a next-level talent. I mean, he's a next-level guy. I mean, when you're hearing you're hearing him compared to guys like Marshall Falk now with, with all the different things he can do. And just, I don't know if you watched the, the All or Nothing series on Amazon about the Cardinals. It's obvious they love him, they love his talent, and, and he is set up to be a Big, big star. In fact, uh, you mentioned Scott Fishbowl. Uh, both myself and Alex Gelhar had the first overall pick in our respective Scott Fishbowl leagues, and we both went David Johnson um, because we believe in him that much. And like you know, nowadays wide receivers are coming off the board first in fantasy. I think that's just kind of the nature of the beast now. But uh, it's to the point where the first running back, I think, is, is going to start unanimously being David Johnson because he is that good. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually in the Scott Fishbowl with Alex Gellhar in the same division, and uh, okay. I, I remember him taking David Johnson. It, for me, it was a little strange because he he took David Johnson. I forget who the second running back was, but then like the third one was Lamar Miller, and I was like, whoa, this is this <laughs> this is not going as I expected. You know what I mean? So um, <laughs> tell Alex I'm coming for him, though, man. I'm coming for him. <laughs> <laughs> but but like you, I, I I agree. You know, I think David Johnson is special, and I, you know, I keep hearing people say, you know, Chris Johnson, Chris Johnson. I, I don't know why people keep bringing that up. Like it's it's clear that you know Chris Johnson is you know on the back back end of his career at this point and I, I, there's no way he threatens david johnson's situation so i don't i don't know why people keep you know bringing that up but it just keeps kind of being this thing that lingers for some reason um all right so the next one i have and this is another this is uh you know kind of bold i guess it's uh it's a good one because this this statement sent in um isn't a name you hear a lot it's not a you know a, a name that people are really in you know have heard you know been bragging about or drafting them so um this guy says um chris hogan uh for the patriots will have the most reception yards on the Pats rosters for wide receivers this season. Um, his, his, his theory behind this, of course, is that he thinks um, Amendola is made of glass. Um, you know, Edelman may not be a reception guy so much. He thinks that this guy will kind of steal some of that shine from him. So just for the wide receiver side of it, um, Chris Hogan will have the most receptions on the Pats roster. I'll go no foul on that. Um, I can get behind that idea. I, you know, it's, it's funny because it's like the Patriots – I guess because we have not, as a society, perfected human cloning, the Patriots have done the next best thing and just stockpiled the same receiver like three or four times <laughs> over. Um, whether it's, you know, it's Julian Edelman or Danny Amendola or now Chris Hogan. I mean, let's, I mean go back to Wes Welker. So it started with Wes Welker, and they mm-hmm. have just been trying to, like, pump out clones of him ever since then. And look, the thing about, like, you know, you're right, about Amendola, she just has never been able to consistently stay on the field. That's a big, big strike against him. Uh, Evelyn is that guy who 
you love him in PPR leagues because he is bound to get you, you know, 105 catches, but he's only going to have like 1,050 yards on top of it. So exactly. I think Chris, Chris Hogan can kind of be that happy meeting where he may not have as many receptions as Edelman, maybe probably certainly not as many as Gronk, but I think in terms of yardage, I think he can be that guy to really be a, a bit of a surprise factor. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess on its face, it sounds like a bold statement, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to co-sign on it. Yeah, that's that's big right there, and, and just I forgot to mention that was sent in by at JJK, um, and, and he and he mentioned as well, you know, Chris Hogan's size, his, his speed, all that kind of stuff, and like I said, just it just seems like it's all coming together to make that a possibility. So a little bit of a sleeper there for guys, because like I said, I don't see a lot of people, you know, really uh, making him the talk of the town for them. <laughs> um, so Chris Hogan, guys, Chris Hogan. Um, the, the the last file or no file that I have here um, that I, that I want to squeeze in today is from at Mister Me Seeks. Um, his statement is <laughs> by the way I, I i dig that name as a rick and morty fan I'm yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of people don't know what it's from so that's why uh i think it's funny too but he's a good dude uh really good dude um his, his statement here is uh ruben randall will finish as the eagles top fantasy wide receiver this season foul or no foul oh i'm i'm calling a flagrant foul on that one um yeah <laughs> you're no, talking about I, the game I, right yeah exactly um i I just, I can't, I can't believe in Ruben Randall. I just can't. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he, he is who he is. Like, we know who he is. And he had, like, a nice, decent run last year when he got a few touchdown passes from Eli Manning. But, you know, look, Jordan Matthews is still going to be kind of the primary target on this team. And I like Nelson Aguilar as a sleeper this year in the Doug Peterson offense. I think he uh, he finds a way to produce. So, I I just, I, honestly, I, there's an outside chance that maybe Ruben Randall doesn't even make the roster. I think it's a, a slim chance, but it's a possibility. I just, to, to think that he can be the top receiver on this Eagles offense, I just, I can't buy that at all. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he is kind of a, a hit or miss guy at this point. And, and you mentioned Nelson Aguilar. Um, where, where do you feel comfortable getting him right now in drafts? Like in just a standard draft or, you know, where, where, where does he fall for you that you feel all right with him? Um, he's, he's a double digit round guy. I mean, I think, I think he's a guy you're looking at at round 10 or later. Uh, you know, admittedly, I am a, a touch biased because, uh, I'm a USC alum as is Nelson Aguilar. So, you know, Trojans got to stick with Trojans sort of thing, but, uh, I, I do believe, I mean, I do believe he can be productive, but I still wouldn't take a shot at him you know, before round 10. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, I, I, I know, you know, you were kind of, yeah, a little bit of time here left. Um, I did want to stray away from, um, the actual players and stuff for a second, because, um, you know, with, with clock dodgers, um, kind of, kind of the motto here is to dodge the nine to five mindset. Um, so I kind of, the, the reason I started this was to kind of follow a passion of mine and kind of do something, um, besides working for others or you know make helping someone else find their dream just kind of working towards my own so i always like um you know to have the guest uh you know give something you know motivational or inspiring or kind of a a way to let people know because there's a lot of people who love what you do for a living right um a lot of people with what you do for a living is a dream for them um so is there any advice that you can give to those people as far as you know maybe something they should away away something they can work towards a goal or something that would help them um, you know, either get into this type of industry or to succeed in this kind of industry. Is there any, any advice that you would give to those people just starting off from, from the bottom? Um, well, I would say that, you know, the, the one thing is I, I, I know that because this industry has grown so much that I know it's, it feels kind of daunting to maybe make a break or just try to make yourself stand out. Cause there's so many guys doing it. And there are a lot of guys doing a really, really excellent job at what they do. But um, I think the, the big thing to remember is, 
you're doing this because you enjoy it. Um, you're doing it because, as you mentioned, it's it's a way to avoid the nine to five, or at least make you forget about your nine to five right. for a little while. So, so you know, appreciate it for what it is, uh, enjoy it for what it is, and I think eventually that will start to show in your work. I mean, I think there are a lot of people out there who, you know, from a technical standpoint, maybe they're not, you know, the the, the, the best writers or the best researchers. I know that, you know, for me, analytics isn't necessarily my strong suit. I prefer to kind of watch guys on tape and try to take, take away things from that. But play to your strengths, play to what is, what is good. And, and I think as you do it more, you'll start to get better at the other aspects. But I think as long as it's still something you enjoy and it's still a passion, um, then the, the success will come. People will start to see that and start to recognize it. Uh, and the one thing I will say about this fantasy industry, the more I'm in it and the more I meet people in it, um, you know, the majority of people are good and everybody is willing to support everybody else and, and really help, you know, shine a light on good work. And, and I think that that alone is encouraging enough to, to keep going for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I appreciate that. And, and, you know, you're super good at what you do. And so that's why, of course, I have you here today. That's why I asked you that question, um, because because like I said, you know, that's that's kind of why I started this to not like I said, not not to knock a nine to five or to not want a nine to five, but just to dodge that mindset that comes with it where like that's it. You know, you wake up, the nine to five happens and then you go to sleep and that's kind of a routine. Um, so that's why I started this to kind of get people to kind of, you know, go that extra you know step to try to follow those passions and not just get stuck in that mind mentality. Um, and, and, and like you said, this industry, specifically the fantasy industry, I mean, this podcast, I, I cover all kinds of stuff, but the, the people in the fantasy world have always been super, you know, supportive. Um, no one's ever said no, you know, to, to not want to come on the show or to give advice or anything like that. So um, it's definitely a very cool industry, you know, to, to, to kind of associate with or be a part of in any way you can. So um, I definitely agree with you on that. No one's ever been like, get out of here. You know, we don't want no more. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's definitely a cool industry. And again, I, I appreciate you for coming on. The, the one thing, Marcus, that I always ask people, my guests that come on the show here, um, is if you can um, leave, leave the listeners if they've gotten nothing from this episode, which if they haven't, they're crazy, but if they've gotten nothing from this episode or they just got to walk away with one thing, um, it doesn't even have to be fantasy. It can be fantasy related if you want, um, but it doesn't have to be. It could just be life in general. Um, what What is one thing, a gem that you can give everybody now that you want them to walk away with today? Wow. Um, I know it's kind of a, a setting you up for a big stage there, but just, you know, just, 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 just anything, just something, you know, whether it's a mentality, a mindset, or it could be a sleeper. It could be, a, you know, anything you want. It doesn't have to be anything specific. Um, you know, I would say, yeah, the thing about fantasy, I, I think the thing to remember when it comes to fantasy, and I think this applies to any, anything that is non-work or non-essential is just to, you know, one, to appreciate and to have fun. I mean, I think we spend a lot of time with fantasy talking about, you know, numbers and stats and, you know, snaps and targets and all that kind of stuff. Um, at the end of the day, we're playing a game based on a game. Like, this is, <laughs> this is not that serious. Like, I, I tell people all the time, I mean, I love my job and I work hard at it, but my job is not serious. And if we all woke up tomorrow and fantasy football was no longer a thing, the world really wouldn't be that worse off. So, you know, enjoy this fantasy season, enjoy the football season, have fun with it. You know, winning obviously is always more fun than losing, but if you're not playing well, if your team's not doing well, um, it's not the end of the world. Don't, don't fire off an angry tweet at, uh, you know, at a player because he had a bad week. Um, it all comes and goes. And at the end of the day, the sun will come up tomorrow. So just kind of appreciate it for what it is, relax, uh, and, and just enjoy. 
That's awesome, man. That that was awesome, man. I saw, yeah, I set you up for a stage, man. You delivered, so I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I, I do want to thank you again, Marcus. Like I said, it was an honor, you know, for you to come on, and, and I would love, you know, maybe get a chance to speak with you again during the season. It'd be awesome if you can come on again. Um, let everyone know though where they can find you, you know, on the internet, where they can see you on the TV, any anything you could tell them, anything you want to promote, anything like that. Um, let them know how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, man, I'll give you the whole rundown. I mean, I'll be on NFL Fantasy Live throughout the season. In fact, we are doing training camp shows. Uh, actually, when I, when I hang up with you, I'm headed to the studio to do a, a training camp show right now. So you can find me on the NFL Network. You can find me uh, at NFL.com. Uh, on, I got the whole list. On Twitter, uh, I'm at Marcus G. That's M-A-R-C-A-S-G. Uh, I am on Instagram at the same. I am on Snapchat now because, you know, it's a whole new world out there and I got to reach the kids. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm on Snapchat at Marcus G nine. Uh, so yeah, uh, there, there are myriad ways that you can find me out there on the interweb. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciate everybody who watches, who tweets, who, you know, Instagrams me, all that kind of stuff. Uh, always looking, I'm always willing to chat as long as I have some time. So, you know, come find me. Yes, guys. I, again, man, I appreciate you coming on the Clock Dodgers podcast. Guys, Marcus is, uh, is an awesome guy, does great work, support everything he does. Check him out. Um, again, man, enjoy the rest of your weekend. I know you got to work, but uh, <laughs> just enjoy it the best you can. And remember, man, be kind, be great, and keep dodging. Cool, man. Appreciate it. Man, what a good dude Marcus is, man. Marcus Grant is a good dude. He is the man, and he is on the ball. He is on top of things. I'm starting to see a trend here with everybody from, you know, NFL.com, um, you know, the Fantasy NFL Podcast, Matt Harmon, Marcus. All these guys are, are super, super good dudes. And, and like I said, they know their stuff, and that's why I had them on here. There, there's no other reason, you know, that I wouldn't have them on here. These guys know their stuff. Um, and, and like I said, um, a, a big thing for me and for the Cloud Dodgers podcast is, is good people, and, the, and these guys are good people. So um, as always, uh, Marcus gave you guys his... his where to find him on social media and stuff please guys go ahead and follow him support him um you know hit him up with some messages uh, and like i said this guy dropped great knowledge but you know he does this all day on twitter he does this on his podcast on the nfl uh tv uh the network um so so check him out you know uh definitely definitely uh support what he does because he's, he's got a lot of good uh, information for you guys to help you guys win those leagues this year um that was a fun that was a fun conversation for me uh we got some 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 good conversations coming up in the near future got a lot of uh fantasy football type podcasts lined up so for those who are you know really looking to feed that hunger uh for fantasy football and for nfl talk and for all that kind of good stuff um there's a lot of special episodes coming up for you guys uh including this awesome one that just happened so um be on the lookout stay around subscribe download if you guys see see there's two ways you can look at this you can either share this with your friends you know, your, your fellow uh, league mates and, and, and put them on to something that's awesome, this fun family and community to be a part of, uh, which is Clock Dodgers, or you can hide this from them. You cannot let them know about it, not let them get that extra intel, um, and, and that's up to you guys. But, you know, I always appreciate you guys spreading the word in any way you can. Let everyone know to subscribe, download the episodes. I love getting reviews. They help me as far as knowing, you know, what's going on. You know, is everything going good? What are you guys enjoying? What aspects of the show should we do more? Um, so leave a review on the iTunes or just send me an email at clockdodgers uh, at gmail.com. And I'll always get back to you guys. I'll always respond. Um, so or, or just Twitter at clockdodgers, Instagram at clockdodgers. It's easy to get a hold of me. Um, I love the feedback. 
I love hearing from you guys. The interaction is what makes this thing beautiful. If I missed your foul or no foul, or if I missed your question, um, I apologize, man. You know, it's hard to it's hard to squeeze them all in. You guys all send such great questions in. Um, I try to mix them up a little bit. So if I ha if I didn't answer it on this one or or get the guest uh, involved with it on this one, I will try to do that on the next episode on a future episode. Um, same thing with the fantasy blackjack. That's going to be a staple of the show moving forward. So feel free if you have some suggestions for that as far as, um, you know, a player you want me to put out the first card you want me to put out, or if you have uh, just a whole trade scenario, if you have it all in your mind, uh, maybe you have it in your league, you know, maybe you've been offered that trade, um, send it, send it my way. I'll be happy to throw it at the guest and kind of get mine in there and their input on it. Um, that, that, that's, that's what makes this thing so great. So, um, you know, if you have those, the easiest way, seriously, guys, is Twitter, um, Instagram, or, or the email. Any of them, whatever is your personal uh, preference, I'm good with it. It works for me. Um, you'll always hear back from me as quickly as possible, which is it's pretty quick. <laughs> um, again, uh, lots of big stuff coming up. Also, guys, um, you know, a lot of cool uh, leagues that we're starting here. Um, we have the Clock Dodgers OGs. Uh, podcast versus podcast league which is kicking off everything's been situated draft dates draft times the divisions all the rules stats scoring everything everything is set so we're ready to roll on that one ready to ready to rock um and, and, and watch clock dodgers reign supreme my clock dodgers division is the realest um so shout out to everybody involved in that league we also have the clock dodgers dynasty league which is kicking off a 16 team dynasty league so again, shout out to anybody involved in that. I really appreciate you guys. Um, you will get more information and details as far as that goes, as far as the draft date, time, stuff like that um, very shortly. And then we have the Clock Dodgers 12-team redraft league, which is a $50 buy-in. At this current moment of me recording this, that league is not full. By the time you hear this, it may be full. If it's not, if you hear this and you're not sure if it's full or not, Shoot me a message, instant message, uh, instant message is back in my AOL days. Shoot me, a, shoot me a message, Twitter or anything, uh, email, and and just ask, and I'll let you know if it's full at that time or not. Um, the main thing for all of these Clock Dodger leagues, anything that I put the Clock Dodger stamp on, the main thing for that is that you guys are involved in the podcast, you're subscribed to the podcast, you talk to me and interact with me. Um, that's all. That's all I ask because that's what makes this stuff really, really fun. Um, so. Again, just just holler at me if you're interested in the fifty dollar buy-in. If you're willing to put your money where your mouth is, um, holler at me if it's not already full. You know, I'm sorry about that, but it may not be. So at least reach out and try to find out, and I will let you know. Um, the the one thing, you know, I was happy that Marcus said it on the podcast um, that he personally isn't one of these guys who go stats crazy, analytics crazy, um, you know, all these different algorithms and stuff, because I'm that way too. And, I, and I'm not knocking that by any means, because I know it works to an extent. I know that it holds value. Um, there's no question um, that guys who, who know all that stuff and do all that stuff, that it matters. Um, on the on the flip side, though, um, I've been in comp very competitive leagues with guys who know their stuff, and, I, and I've won these leagues, um, not every year, of course, but I've won in some of those leagues. I've ranked high in some of those leagues. I've always been competitive in all these leagues, and I've never been the guy to go crazy 
as far as stats and analytics and what a guy did this 10 years ago, five years ago, and, you know, what's about to happen here and who's about to turn over. Man, I, I don't get crazy like that. I just watch the guys play. I look at their situations. I I, I just go with, you know, the gut instinct of it, the, the what you watch in the film, what you see, um, you know, all, all these other things that play into it, chemistry, injuries. Um, I, I, I don't, you know, I, 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 I like a good balance of it all. Um, so I, I just I was happy to hear him say that because again, um, you know, fantasy football is, has boomed. I mean, just taken off. And um, when 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 something takes off like fantasy football has, and then you get money involved and all this kind of stuff, people who are you know super into this stuff will you know find any way to get an edge to get an advantage. Um, and so therefore, that's where the analytics and the and the algorithms and all these things come into play. So I understand it. I respect it. I use it. Um, but I just don't make it my bread and butter and my everything. Um, so I was happy he did mention that. Um, Mar- Mar- Marcus um, mentioned a lot of uh, guys that he thought that, you know, we're going to have a good season coming up here. Um, he obviously um, mentioned some guys that he wasn't crazy about, too. And that's what's awesome about this is, um, again, guys, check out his stock, his stock watch um, fantasy articles on NFL.com. Great, great insight on there. Um, he just dropped one. I want to say it was the 29th. It was just yesterday from when I'm recording this, which is the 30th. It's a Saturday. Um, so he just dropped it just recently. So it's like updated, like up to the last recent news that just happened. So, um, lots of good information in there. We kind of went over it here on the show. I know, but there was guys that we didn't mention that were on there, which were pretty interesting. Um, so, you know, as we creep up now in this season, the, the, the one piece of advice that I would say is, Obviously, taking the preseason play, um, t- look at it, you know, take it with a grain of salt, of course, because you're, they're, these guys, the guys who are going to be the starters aren't going to play every single game, every single snap. So sometimes you're going to see guys very briefly. Um, but this is where you find the guys who are going to be sleepers. This is where throw your stats out the window, throw your analytics out the window, look at the man play. Look at a guy play who you maybe you're not so, you know, up on. Maybe you don't have all these um, things to go back on the history of the guy. Just watch him play because you're going to see guys will shine here in the preseason. Guys will flash in the preseason. There'll be little signs that tell you, you know what, I should draft this guy or I should keep an eye on this guy. Um, Let him sit on the bench. Maybe he's not going to start when the season opens. Uh, Maybe it's going to take an injury for him to to make his way into the lineup. That's possible. Um, But these are where you get the guys um, that, you know, you you use as a sleeper late in your draft or you look for on the waiver wire um, after the season starts. And, you know, you kind of want to get a jump on them before the whole league knows about them. <laughs> That's kind of the, the kind of the idea. So um, watch these preseason games. Look for the guys who flash. Look for the guys who, who show something different, something special. And you're like, wait, that guy looks to be doing something, you know, where he's going to make an impact because um, it's very likely he could. And that could be the guy that wins you the season. Um, he may not have a lot of stats for you to back him. It may just be college numbers. It may be, you know, other stuff that don't totally um, fit into what you already do with all the guys you know a lot about. Um, and so this is where you want to keep your eyes open. You know, keep your eyes open for guys who flash in the preseason. Um, sometimes it's just a, a, a thing that happens, though. You know, sometimes they're going up against backups or guys who won't even make the team and they flash and really they're not going to make, you know, maybe not much of an impact this season as possible. Um, so that happens, but that's the beauty of playing fantasy football. Um, and, and like Marcus said, I thought it was important. Uh, a lot of guys get really bent out of shape about fantasy football, uh, whether because they lost, 
Um, a lot of guys get into it over trades. Um, you know, especially with all this veto talk, people, some people hate that veto and trades and, and, and stuff like that. So people can get kind of crazy about it, which understandably so we're all pretty into it. Uh, we're all pretty dedicated to it. And so we all have something invested, I guess you can say, um, even if it's not money, it's time. Um, so I understand people are passionate about it, which I am too. But, um, like he said, it's not everything. It's not the world. It's not worth you know, losing friendships over, messing up relationships over. Um, if it all stopped today, we'd all be fine. We'd all find something else as crazy as that sounds. I know that's crazy, but, you know, Marcos was right in that extent. Um, and, and you know, as always, you know, like, like he said, because, you know, you guys know I make it a point to get you guys a message, you know, as far as the clock dodger mentality, as far as escaping that nine to five mindset and being trapped um, doing something that you don't want to do or that you don't really enjoy doing with your heart, like something else like fancy football or sports or whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and so like Marcus said, you know what I mean? You know, work towards your passions, follow them. And, and guess what, guys? Content is king. Content rules all. The better the content, it's it's impossible to be ignored. Okay? So you can put all the money and market in. You can do all the stuff that you want. But content will always reign king. And so just go into this thing, create great content, whatever, whatever medium you're in, whether it's podcasting, writing, drawing, it, it doesn't matter to me. TV, um, just just constantly better your craft, just constantly build relationships, constantly network with people. And number one, above all for me, stay humble. It's so important for you to stay humble, stay grounded. It's okay to feel good about what you're doing. It's okay to feel like, okay, I'm making some progress here. It's okay. But just remember to stay humble because it's just that can all be taken away from you in a blink of an eye. And no one likes the guy who's not humble. No one likes the arrogant guy. Nobody likes the guy who can't take feedback. Nobody likes the guys who feel like you can't tell them nothing because they're the ones doing it or you know, he's, he's the guy making it happen. And so what do you know? You know, uh, that's not how it works. So, so be humble, be gracious and, and, and just continue to help each other grow, help each other. Um, it's, it's a big family, you know what I mean? Whether it's, it's fancy football, podcasting, any world you're in, there's a family there and there's people who will help you and support you and accept you in that. So just work towards it, keep better in yourself and make it happen. You know what I mean? That's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. And if you feel for any reason you have something that um, you want to throw my way, um, you want to, you know, uh, write something for clockdodgers.com, give it give it a shot because that's what you have interest in or, um, you know, you have um, a good idea for a guest for the podcast or anything like that, throw it my way. Don't, 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 don't be worried about it. You know what I mean? Noth- nothing's worse than just not speaking up about something. So um, speak up. Let me know uh, if there's any way I can help you promote something you know, tell the people about something, connect you with somebody. I'll do whatever I can to help people out because that's what this is about. So um, as always, guys, be kind, be great. Keep dodging. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to stop by clockdodgers.com and follow us on Twitter.